The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. Welcome back to part two of this episode. I really hope you enjoyed part one. Now let's get back into it. You did speak about this briefly in the last episode that we did, but you're obviously big on like visualization. You're big on putting yourself through the fight mentally before going through the fight physically. What sort of preparation do you go through mentally, even just right now with this two weeks prior to the fight? Like, do you have structure to your mental preparation? What do you say to yourself? How do you frame like these thoughts and emotions that go through your head? How do you just get yourself in peak mental performance I, de- I think for every fighter it would be so different but for me uh, like I said visualization is a big one so I, I fought in the venue I'm fighting in two weeks so you know that's in the back of my mind I, I know what song I'm going to walk out to I know it's going to be in my corner I know like I can imagine the crowd like I can nearly like hear them and like when I visualize all that um so I think that definitely helps me, you know. Um, I did that for the first few fights and I noticed a huge difference in my nerves. There was like, when I started trying to visualize, like I was so much calmer. And like, this is going to be my 13th MMA fight. So I'm kind of getting used to it now, you know. It's still, every single fighter is going to be nervous before they make that walk. Like it is quite terrifying, you know. When you hear like a roaring crowd and you're like, yeah, you're walking walking to the cage in two minutes, like, those few minutes are like very tough and every every single fighter like knows that feeling um well yeah like i suppose like definitely from my first few fights i would have visualized really like um like everything nearly like everything and that made a huge difference now it's the training you know when i put a good camp beside me like i'm so confident like i've killed myself in the gym and one thing we do like i we do cardio but my coach calls it mental training like it, we say, it's not nearly for your fit. Like obviously, it's for your physical output and all. You know, it's building up a good engine. The cardio we do, but it's more building up a mind of not giving up. And we do like I'm sure you've heard like the rowing machines and skiers. And our kind of mentality for that training is like you just leave everything on it. You leave everything on the machine. And when I'm doing that tough workouts, it feels the same as a fight nearly. You know, because in a fight, like you really just have to keep pushing. Like in running, I used to try and meditate when I'd be on a long distance run. You know, nearly you go into this Zen state where it's like you, know, you probably have, you've done long runs. You probably kind of yeah. you tap into that. You can't do that in fighting. You have to be so present. And yeah. I I know it is you kind of are present when you're like meditating. It's kind of a I know they kind of sound like they're conflict in there, but 
where like I can't just go into a relaxed state. I have to keep talking to myself the whole time, keep pushing, keep pushing. Like it's very, very mental. I think um in the fight and like that's why I think those cardio machines they tie in so well. Like when I'm I try to leave out, I try to give everything on one of those machines. Like leave every every single what matters what I pull on a skier mm. or something. And that for my mind going into a fight, that's all I need. You know, I just need to know like I've left everything in the gym and for my confidence that just goes through the roof then. Mm. Yeah, obviously it's it's something so different to to long distance running where, and even from my own experience, like you're hitting the nail on the head where when you're doing a long distance run, it's almost, it's almost like you get into a meditative state where you're like in a, mm -hmm. the way I, the way I feel about it is like when I do really long distance stuff or like more endurance stuff, it's you're, you're almost entering like a different part of your brain where you don't access just, you, you can't access it through normal everyday things you have to get past a certain period where you're like this is a different part of me this is a different area of my mind which is like i i love that type i love being in that place yeah. when i can but obviously with fighting it's not repetitive like running because when you're running long distance, yeah, exactly. it's, it's the same thing over and 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 over again. And you can get into that essentially like flow state. Whereas I would imagine with fighting, because it's shorter bursts, it's a shorter period of time, but also everything's changing. Somebody can kick you in the head. Somebody can punch mm -hmm. you in the face. Somebody can try and take you to the ground. You have to be more tuned in. Is that why it's so different? I think so. I think you're, yeah, that's a really good analogy of it. You're spot on. Like even, um, I'll go back to when I was doing cardio with my coach. This was a while ago, but I was doing maybe a 2000 meter on the rower. And I started nearly looking away from the monitor, going into my little meditation spot. And he's seen that. And he was like, look at them. He wants me <laughs> yeah. reading every number that comes up. He wants to know every single pull, what I'm doing. Because sometimes when you, you know, when you distract yourself, you're kind of, it's a bit easier. So I was kind of looking away from the monitor, pulling like, and he's like, no, read, you should be, know every single what you're pulling every second. You know, you have to be that present. You have to like, you have to really kind of be dialed in. Mm. Like when I go on a long distance run, I'm like, whatever, these thoughts are like, it's great. You know, you know, it's a really nice mm. feeling as well. And, um, yeah, it's just polar opposite to fighting. That's one thing I really found out the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Strange question, but why are you a champion? What makes you different to the other people? Because I would imagine that sort of mentality that you have, which like I absolutely love, I love the, the mentality mm. that you have. It's amazing. I would imagine the people that you fight have a very similar mindset because how would you not? being at the level that you're at. Why yeah. are you the champion? Why are you better than them? I say it's a lot of factors on. Um, I'm going to, a few things maybe I'll start listing. I don't know. That's don't be a modest. Question. Say but, how um, it is. <laughs> I think I, I can be like, have a good fight IQ. I think I can be make smart. Like uh, we all see neurologists. Well, a lot of fighters do when you fight MMA in Ireland. Um, and you know they like something they said that stuck with me like the better fighters are the people who can make it's all split decisions so the faster your brain works the better fighter you're gonna be and uh, from judging range judging distance judging what they're moving like you know it's all these like low i'm getting sent so much data 
and my brain has to perceive it and try and make the best calculation of what to do. Like the way I like to fight, I fight a lot at range. So I'm always trying to judge where I can hit and not get hit. Like there's three, in a nutshell, I'd say three ranges. There's like, we're on the outside, we neither of us can hit each other. Range two, okay, we can probably touch each other. And then range one is like, you're in the pocket, you know, everything, everything can land. So I'm always judging, okay, which range am I in? Can I, you know, it's all these little fast decisions. So I think obviously the way my brain perceives this data and makes quick judgments, I think that's the reason why um, maybe I've had good success. Um, I think I trained very hard. I have a really good mental attitude, I think, to my training and to a fight. Like when I'm given a name and a venue and a date, like it's the best motivation in the world. Um, I think I make good sacrifices. Um yeah, and I think I'm skillful. I know, so it's, <laughs> that's uh, it's kind of hard to answer, but I suppose yeah. they probably the main attributes, mindset, and then my willingness to put in the work. Mm. Do you feel that, Connor, the mindset you have has been something you have developed, something you've you've learned to create and have, or do you feel it's almost like something you innately have where, in a sense you've kind of been born with that mentality i think part of it you pick up like i was like naturally kind of i always had a bit of grit like in boxing you know i kind of like always could kind of dig deep i always like enjoyed fighting with my friends when we were younger and all and um, i think i had a good attitude of like i'm competitive and that's a really big one as well i, I want to win mm. and it's having a, like that really like drive to win i think is a big one for any sports, like we play ping pong at the back of my brother. I'm like, geez, if he beats me, like, <laughs> we're going till I win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, all stuff like, all stuff like that would be a big factor. But yeah, but, like my head coach, my mentor, Peter Greedy, like he's, I think he's really helped me develop a good mindset towards fighting about not giving up and really just like, you know, give it your all. And so I say it's a combination. Oh, and to be honest, I think I naturally I was very competitive, like, had a willingness to anything I did, I wanted to do it well and win. Mm. Um, yeah, and then my mentor and my coach, Peter Quayley, I think really helped me develop a, a strong mindset. Yeah, I'd say like, I'd say the environment that you're exposed to so frequently has a huge impact on that too. Because like you see in your Instagram, like you're training with the best in the country, probably best in Europe, maybe even worldwide too like that you just absorb that sort of mentality i'd say when you're around people pushing themselves consistently like you have no choice really to do anything anything different no 100 yeah yeah and i like to be consider myself like a sponge in those scenarios when i'm with those fighters or people just you know try pick their brain try always come away with something you know like I think like anything like um, I love learning like I'm studying electronic engineering like it's a pretty hard degree um, and I think just having a willingness to learn is a really good attribute and I can apply that to my studies I can apply that to like fighting you know just picking up little details mental tips like there's so much like that goes into fighting like a fight week like all that crack I'm talking about that's kind of what I've learned from being around my coaches and all like how to cut weight and you know it's uh, like every day is a skill day I think that's kind of a good attitude to have. Hmm. I'm sure somebody listening or a lot of people listening are probably wondering this question, like why fighting? And I suppose I would frame it in a different way. And I would say, what do you kind of, what do you get from fighting that you don't get from any, anything else in your life? Why is it so important to you? Um, why fighting this? 
started off with like you know i thought it was something like i was kind of like a shy quiet kid and like the idea of fine scared me so much when i was younger like i would have been quite like a kind of soft kid like and then my friends started going to a boxing gym and that's kind of how we got into it i just started doing for the crack with the lads and then one day that really stood out to me is they all dropped off they're like ah oh, we're not gonna go today I was like, okay, I'm going to go on my own, see what it's like. And the day I went on my own, it like changed my look on like combat sports because I was going for more of a social, like we'd hold pads for each other, we'd have a bit of crack, like I was maybe 14, whatever. Then the day I went on my own, it was so serious and intense. And I just kind of, I don't know, I just, I really found like a love for it. And before that, like, I suppose all boys, you know, I always mess fighting. I always did like have boxing gloves and go to our football pitch or even in the back of school and like have a little spar. I was kind of long. I was like real tall, long arms. So I used to kind of have a good reach and get away with, you know, being up a few people. Then I remember I sparred a boxer <laughs> in my town and he destroyed me. He's probably a year older, maybe always bigger. I can't remember, but he destroyed me. And I was like, whoa, like that's such a difference in skill. Cause he's like, so I think, uh, that kind of got me hooked a bit as well. Um, the next part of your question is what I get out of fighting. I think it would be fulfillment. Like, I don't know. Like, it's something like I always said, like when my parents asked me what I do, like, you know, say I'm on my deathbed or something like that. These are the memories I'm going to take to my grave, essentially. Like, when I look back on some of these fights and some of the things I've done, like traveling, I went, was on two Irish trips last year. Um, like, they're the best experiences. Like, I've, they're amazing, you know, like my trip to Bahrain, I got offered to go with the Irish squad to Bahrain fighting the Super Cup, like, which is a really big May tournament at the time. Like, it was all, that time it was all flights and everything that were covered by, they were covered, it wasn't covered by Ireland, and uh, it was covered by, like, the people who ran, ran the organisation, flew us all out, put up soap in hotels, free food, free, like, it was really cool. Like, these experiences I'm making now, um, so I think that's why, like, I love flying, like, it's just, Makes my life a bit more interesting. <laughs> to say the least, to say the very least, Connor. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's amazing to hear. Um, you mentioned earlier as well about sacrifice because that's something that yeah. I would imagine people from the outside can overlook quite easily. But obviously when you're in it and like any sport, anything that somebody does at the top, 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 top level, there's going to be a massive amount of sacrifice. What does that word mean to you in your life? What kind of things have you had to and do you sacrifice? Like definitely your social life. Like when you're in camp, like um, you shouldn't be like drinking or like I miss a lot. Like, you know, especially like being in college and all, probably can't really go out with my friends as much and just like I'm training every night and, and takes up the majority of my time is for training. Not saying that like I love my life, I wouldn't change it or anything, but yeah, it does. You have to sacrifice a lot of that. Like um, you know, just nights you don't want to go to the gym. Like I have to, and I think that's my mindset. Like I, I have to go training every night. Like you know, it's it's gorgeous weather outside today. It's a Friday. I'd love probably to go down to the beer garden or do something. Like that. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm training at set. I'm training at seven. It's those kind of things. Um, I definitely sacrifice. You know, I'd I'd be once I'm like in camp, like I'd be quite strict. Mm. I did end up going to Electric Picnic last weekend, which wasn't the, the smartest move, but <laughs> we got a free weekend ticket, so had to be done. <laughs> I actually, I think I saw that on your Instagram. I was like, shouldn't this chap be training? Shouldn't he be training? <laughs> no, you, you certainly didn't see it on my Instagram. It was actually because <laughs> I kept that quiet. Oh, don't worry. 
Um, I was talking to Graham. Yeah, it was supposed to be, I, I believe we were supposed to do this last weekend. And I, I asked, could we reschedule? That's what it was. Because I'd be at EP. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, because... Um, I'd be keeping I, it low on the Instagram anyway. <laughs> I'd say, I'd say. Is there an element, Connor, of that sort of mentality where if you, like, hypothetically, you, you go or you have had a fight where, like, you lose the fight and there must be some element of like, I lost that because I didn't give 100% to everything at all times. Is, is it yeah. a part of you that thinks, okay, this period of training leading into this fight, if there is a time where I miss a session or I have a night out or I go out with the lads instead of doing X, Y, Z, would that yeah. kind of play on your head more of like, I, sh- I didn't give it everything and that's why I lost? Um, yeah, I suppose it would. It hasn't for me. So I'll go back to kind of before I answer that. Like I've had two losses in a mixed martial arts. One of them, I just don't think I lost. And everyone at the fight, it was a decision. It was a split decision. One judge gave it to me. The other two judges gave it to your man. And uh, it's very controversial. Though. It's, it was talked about a lot. Um, so look, yeah, like I still wasn't my best performance by any means. Um, when I look at that, like I lack of inexperience. It was my fourth fight. I was going up against a very senior Irish fighter in the Nationals um, last year. Um, yeah, so that kind of was a weird one because I thought I won. And like I, I didn't get the nod by the judges. But um, so yeah, that was a weird one. That Yeah, I'd be more annoyed at the performance, you know. Like I've had camps which have been crazy. I've been sick in camps. I go out there and I have the best fight ever. So I have this attitude now, like kind of once I usually stick to a relatively normal schedule, there's always going to be a few crazy things, adversity that happens in these camps. Like you never go through a camp without picking up an injury or picking up something. You know, something always happens and I'm prepared for that. So I've never really blamed a loss on that. I've lost in the Europeans as well. I made just a clear mistake and I was submitted. I gave up my bike, exposed my neck, and I, your man from Wales took full advantage. He submitted me with a choke, and that was just a like a lack of judgment. And I, yeah, I suppose I did analyze it a bit why I thought I made that mistake because it's a position I'd be in the gym so much, and I never went. I went for a move. I practiced about once or twice. You know, it was a high risk move, and it ended up causing the fight to be over. Stuff like that, I think it's um, inexperience and all. Like, I wouldn't really blame it on like, oh, I had a few beers like three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't really blame it on that kind of a crack. Yeah, fair. Has there, I know this is a bit, a bit of an unusual question, but has there ever been a time where like on a night out during some social gathering, somebody hasn't known what you do and caused any sort of ha- hassle or, or issues? Because look... I've grown um, up in Ireland. I've I've been on plenty of nights out. Yeah. I know what goes on. Like people have a couple of drinks. Everybody thinks they're a big man. And I would imagine coming up against one of the best MMA <laughs> fighters in the country isn't a good thing. So has there ever been that sort of scenario where you were like, look, just Yeah, yeah. there has been a couple. So since I've actually the last few years, I probably haven't been I've been in a fight since I think I'm eighteen years old. But by the time I was 18, I had been in a good few fights and I've been training martial arts since I'm like 14. So yeah, a few occasions, um, like it's more so like you know, once or twice, my friends have just got hit or we've got started on and something has kicked off and it is it is brilliant being able to defend yourself. Like it's clearly evident if you can fight or you mm. can't fight if you come across someone in that situation. 
Yeah. But recent in recent years, I'm been very proud of myself. Like I'm usually extremely calm. Um, there's been occasions now where you know someone maybe has hit my friend or something, and I'm usually like one of the calmest guys. I think it's because I'm used to that intensity, mm. which is a weird thing. I'm actually think I'm used to fighting, so you know everyone like go crazy when something happens. Like I find myself just being quite relaxed and calm because I I usually am in those situations where people are fighting in controlled scenarios like the gyms and my fight nights. So uh, very rare, yeah. Like I. I was maybe once or twice to answer your question as a kid, you know, <laughs> there's a few people who have started on me who probably shouldn't have, but uh, mm. yeah. And then in recent years now. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I suppose the, the, the question was more so in terms of has not that like, do you fight, do you know, but in terms of yeah, the, fact, yeah, yeah. the fact that it's almost like to a certain extent an inevitability at some stage where there is an oh, environment where yeah. something kicks off. Yeah, no, it's great for your confidence as well. And I think, like, most people who know to fight would be, like, me, who are, like, the quiet ones, who aren't people trying to go prove themselves on a night out mm, because mm. whatever, we prove ourselves ten, three, four times a week in the gym and our spars, and we're so used to that kind of combat. It's not something we'd, like, look for. For I think it's people who are usually insecure. There's probably plenty of reasons, but... um yeah, yeah, like everyone kind of, you know, I think every young lad has got started on or has gotten a brawl in Ireland. If you if you 10 nights out with there's alcohol involved, it's quite common. Yeah, like I've had people hit me for no reason. And yeah, it's great being able to defend yourself. When we had been speaking on Instagram, Connor, it's like a couple of months now at this stage when we were trying to organize this episode again, the second one, I put up, I didn't tag you, so you might not have seen it, but I put up a little question box saying, any questions that people have, bat them in and I'll ask Connor when we record this episode, essentially. So I've oh, cool, yeah. five, five questions that I think I've kind of asked you a couple of them anyway, just naturally throughout this yeah. episode. But I'll, I'll ask you them in a, in a quick fire sort of sense, all right? Yeah, uh, perfect. Asked you this already. But how do you manage your, your diabetes during a fight? Do you finger prick or CGM? If CGM, where do you wear it? So CGM, uh, I wear it sometimes in training, like the back of my arm, um, up like my upper tricep, and I get like a bandage, and then I use like compressive tape where I wrap it, wrap it really tight, and it does stay on for most sessions. After like a bit of wear and tear, it's more the adhesive starts wearing off, and then the the Dexcom just pops off. But um, for fights, it's just off finger pricking, and I would have my bloods extremely high. Like after my last fight, the doctor checked my blood as twenty two. Uh, just oh, got like from adrenaline with the I obviously yeah exactly but I wanted high going into that I'll have my bloods 15 like I do not want to risk of a hypo once I mm. step in there and mm. um, so I'd have my bloods high just before the fight okay what's the hardest punch or kick you've ever received um <laughs> yeah so in a fight oh god it was probably last April I kind of overextended on a right hand. Your man caught me lovely. He maybe studied tape and uh, he did brilliant. Basically, he counter-punched me and he caught me a mean left hook, which kind of sent me back a bit. Um, he definitely won that round. I stopped him in the next round, though, so I got him back. But uh, <laughs> good, good. that was the strongest shot I got. <laughs> that actually reminds me of, I don't, I don't know who this quote comes from. I think it's. I think it might have been Mike Tyson, but it's like the, the expression, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. How accurate is that? Absolutely, yeah. I think, especially if you're not trained, you can just lose your mind. I think that's why I try to be so calm 
and in there that I like I don't react you know you, you hit me once I'm gonna get you back but yeah absolutely you can panic and once panic sets in all your training goes like my first few fights chaotic technique goes in the bin you just go in there and brawl and um, now the more experienced I am I've way better composure I'm so calm in there that I try just fight technically mm. but yeah you're spot on mm. <laughs> yeah first few fights adrenaline you get in there it's just <laughs> <Yeah>. swinging <laughs> I don't only imagine uh, do you feel afraid going into fights if so how do you manage that fear yeah every single fighter is extremely nervous and um, so how I manage it like I kind of talked earlier a lot of visualization for my first few fights like I just tell myself look an amateur fight average one's nine minutes if it goes the distance in 15 minutes I'm going to be having a Guinness or something you know I used to do all these mental things like I'm going to be done in 10 15 minutes I just go with nine minutes means nothing a lot of stuff uh, prep yourself mentally a good training camp number one and obviously, the more experience I get, the more calm I feel in there. Mm. Kind of answered this a few moments ago, but what blood sugar number do you like to be at going into a fight? Yeah, so like, let's say I'm going to just, it's kind of hard to uh, kind of give an exact number, but I can just explain quickly what I do right before the warm up. So I start warming up the warm ups around half an hour and you're getting a good sweat. It's nearly like a cardio session my bloods would be around eight maybe before the warm-up because I'm, I just play it safe, very safe on fight day. I take a bit less insulin, let my sugar just be that bit higher just because I don't want to hype, but I don't want any of that crack on the fight day. Mm. So I take a 15 grams of glucose before I warm up. I've done a 15, 30 minute little sweat session. So, you know, my bloods would naturally be dropping again. They're probably about 12 when I check 20 minutes later. And I take another one. Uh, you know, I'm going in there super high. So I've had 30 grams of fast-acting sugar within the hour of my fight just to make mm. sure my bloods are 14, 15. Because, like, in the fight, it's very, it's a, the most extreme form of exercise, you know. I'm going to be giving it everything as well. So, like, I don't want my sugars to drop. That's just number one priority. Yeah, 100%. It's, uh, like, essentially, you can fight through a high, but you can't fight through a low. Yeah. Because a low will stop you. And that, that will go with, with any element of exercise or, or any type of exercise. Like if you're out for a run, you can run through the high to a certain extent because it's going to naturally come down for the most part anyway. Yeah. Whereas if you're running and you go hypo and you keep running, you're just going to pass out. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I absolutely, absolutely understand the logic behind being higher rather than risking being lower because that's what's going to stop you. Last question I asked you already, which was why were you drawn towards martial arts? You've answered that much more in depth to earlier, yeah. earlier in the podcast. <laughs> I do have one question for you, Connor. And yeah, I asked you this the very end of our first episode. Um, but I'll ask you again, see if your answer has changed. If you had to thank your diabetes for something, what would that be? Um, well, that's a tough one. Um, maybe the discipline. I've got a bit more discipline since I'm diabetic. I tend to eat, like my diet is pretty solid. Um, just because if like if I eat bad food, I just can't manage my sugars. Like I love pizza, but anytime I eat pizza, I have a high. You know, it's near like if I order Domino's, it's so hard to time or that or Chinese. So I definitely I don't eat that much takeaways really just based on how hard it is to kind of manage. So yeah, definitely have a better diet now since I'm diabetic and probably that ties in with my discipline as well. Mm. So thanks diabetes for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's it's one of those things that like simply 
understanding the impact that your food choices make on your blood sugar can just completely change your your overall management with your diabetes. That's just it has a significant impact. Um, Connor, have to say, much like the first episode, really, really enjoyed this. Like, really enjoyed it. And I rarely use this word, and I don't use it lightly. But you are incredibly inspiring. Like, really, really mean that. Just even simply outside of the diabetes aspect of things to do what you do, like you have to be a machine physically and mentally in all the best ways possible. But to, <laughs> to, to do that with diabetes, but also to be diagnosed essentially in the midst of your career and it just not phase you in any way. And for you to continue to fight more, become champion, travel, essentially travel the world, representing Ireland. It's just massively inspiring. So I hope you know that. I'm sure you probably do, but I want to reiterate that to you because it's it's amazing, honestly. Um, And I really appreciate your time. And I look forward to seeing you at the absolute peak of the sport because I've no doubt you'll be there. So really appreciate it. And uh, where can people find you online? Where can people connect with you or even see more of your fights? so mainly Instagram, Connor McCarty eighty eight. That's my Instagram name. Um, yeah, so mainly just Instagram, and then like any news kind of about fights, it's always there. I kind of post links to watch fights and all on my Instagram, pretty much. And uh, one thing I just wanted to mention on since I came on the podcast the first time, the amount of like diabetic people who have reached out to me and who may have trained martial arts or their kid is starting MMA, and they've asked me questions. Like two nights ago, I had a mother reach out to me who just said. Her son started MMA, like, do I have any tips how they can maybe wear this Libra or, like, take an insulin around train? Like, it's so cool. Like, I've had, like, I say 20 plus diabetic people reach out to me, probably more, like, over the last two years, like, either about my fights, congratulating me, saying, like, again, it's quite common. I've had probably five people who are parents saying their kids are doing martial arts, so have any advice? had people from the states who said they were former fighters and like now they they're diabetic it's really cool so it's gas the little community you have and i think it's really cool and that's one of the like best things i think for like talking about diabetes is because the amount of other people you can reach out to and yeah i, I absolutely love it when people kind of ask me questions about martial arts and diabetes because like there is a lot of people out there who train martial arts or just heavily involved in fitness and mm. they're diabetic yeah Amazing. Um, and look, for anybody listening, I'll, I'll link all Connor's stuff below so you can keep in touch um, and just follow what he's doing, essentially. But also, much like Connor said, before he gets too big and famous, reach out to him now so you can get some free advice <laughs> off him. <laughs> but uh, no, it's amazing to see. And like, just as I said, to do what you do, despite diabetes is unreal but to do it with diabetes is, is even better and like i don't know if it, you think about it this way but how i would look at it is like you're you're already a different animal compared to the people that you fight because you're doing it with diabetes because i as a type 1 diabetic completely understand the complexity that comes along with it particularly around sport and exercise so it you're you're already a different animal which is amazing to see so well done again. Really appreciate your time. And I look forward to seeing this fight in a couple of weeks. Cheers, Alan. Thanks so much for having me. Another massive thank you to today's guest. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out their social channels 
and links that we've included in the episode description. If you enjoy the podcast, which I'm guessing you do because you listen, be sure to rate, subscribe, and share. It really, really helps the podcast get heard by more people when you rate, when you subscribe, and when you share. If you feel that you've been able to benefit from it so far, likely someone else would be too. If you have any questions or stories for myself and Graham, please do not hesitate to reach out. We absolutely love getting in the email stories and questions. You can do this through theinsalonepodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to learn more from me, stay connected or even work with me and other people living with type 1 diabetes who want to be fitter, healthier, and happier within my type 1% better online program, you can message me directly through Instagram or you can fill out an application form through the link in the podcast description. And as always, another massive thank you to you for your time and your ears. We greatly appreciate you showing up each week, time after time, ready to gain knowledge and confidence around your diabetes management. So until next week, have a good day, have a good week, look after those blood sugars, and I'll chat to you soon. Take it easy.